creeds and criticism meet. Split Frame of Reference Podcast. All right, and welcome to the Split Frame of Reference Podcast. I'm Nick. And I'm Allison. And today we have a non-controversial, very, very simple, very, very easy subject to talk about. Uh, but first, I want to do a bit of a life update before we dive into a thing that no one cares about and has no strong opinions about. Yeah, none whatsoever. None whatsoever. And who yeah. cares what I think? Yeah, you're a woman. All right, uh, just an interesting life update. Uh, currently serving as a senior pastor at the First Baptist Church of Claremont. Yeah, it's a really great group and a lot of genuine, wonderful people there. Mm-hmm. But today uh, we are talking about the, the Daily Wire documentary... What is a woman? What is a woman? So Allison, lead us into this. Oh, great. Just because I'm a woman, I have to dress. What is a woman? Well, we got to overcompensate for the film. We're just going to put it out there. We're not going to be getting into any political discussions here. I know sometimes there's overlap, um, but this does touch on some of what we do. And so we're going to be very selective in what we're addressing. We're not going to be telling you whether you should be a Republican or a Democrat, for instance. Yeah, we're, we're not diving diving into that. That's It's not that it's irrelevant, but we're just not... Whatever those even mean nowadays, let's put that yeah, way. Yeah, let's, let's go with that. There's my political opinion for now. Yeah, but Daily Wire is well known as a, a very conservative organization. They make no bones about that, all that sort of stuff. We, we You know you know what you're getting when this sort of film is released. It's going to be provocative. It's going to be brash. Yeah. It's going to be kind of going for the throat, which, you know, I, I have no problem with in a, in a film. You know, I, 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 you know I've, I've watched enough of my... I watched enough documentaries in, in film school and stuff like that, so I, I get it. That's what you do. But overall, do you want to start with overall impressions before we dive into the weeds? Or Yeah, I think there's a lack of introspection uh, from uh, the person creating uh, this film. Matt it, Walsh. Matt Walsh, yeah. It doesn't appear he's very aware of his own position. Uh, I think he knows roughly what he thinks, but I think he doesn't realize some of the questions especially what is a woman, are still not actually answered by uh, him or his wife. And I think that the people he's interviewing um, definitely are a little out there. Putting it mildly. Yeah. Um, I think uh, it's very interesting because they also don't seem to be very able to answer um, some of his very basic questions. You know, I mean, it, we'll get into some of the weeds on that. But it, it seemed they didn't. a lot of them didn't have answers and got extremely... Uh, condescending and um, accusatory um, once they didn't have answers to things. And this is not to say that uh, Walsh is a brilliant interviewer and not at all ever offensive whatsoever. It's just to say that they actually did find themselves cornered um, at times and reacted in ways that 
Um, I think we're revelatory to their lack of understanding their themselves. Own, their own introspection, let's be honest. Like yeah. their own awareness of the implications of their, their philosophical worldview or, or what have you. Uh, largely, I, I feel the same way. Um, oh, tell, tell them what this film... I realize we, you may not know what this film is. Maybe you yeah, do, maybe so, don't. What is it? Yeah, so a documentary film that uh, essentially has uh, a conservative commentator, Matt Walsh, go- Matt Walsh <laughs> going around asking uh, every, basically anyone who will in- try to answer the question and some who refuse to, whether that's folks in Africa, uh, people at the university, people at women's marches. And the basic question is, what is a woman? And, and he does, they interview MDs, uh, MFTs, and so the uh, uh, I think a sociologist as well. Mm-hmm. So you're, it's not going to be a bunch of college kids, um, which are always low-hanging fruit. I mean, there's <laughs> an, there is a bunch of low-hanging fruit in it, but it's most of the substance of the film is not in those sorts of conversations. That's, yeah. more, that's more glitter on the side of the cake. But that's essentially the film in a nutshell. It's about 90 minutes long. I mean, it's large largely inoffensive you know at least from a content perspective the themes of course are very adult because it's a very mm-hmm. it's a very adult question given our culture and our times um i, I think i'm similar to you I, I thought the film at least it's it's sad that the film was necessary to be honest with you yeah um and i i, I have a very uh, mixed view of the film as a as the end product and i dislike seeing people put in gotcha situations asking gotcha questions basically the whole a lot of the questions being asked are kind of pre- you know, put throughout the film are deeply, um, at bare minimum, misleading or... or uh, are they, though? I, I, mean... I think a lot of them are, because it's one. The, a lot of the questions asked are asked with... It's it's typical debate patterns. Um, you know, I'm going to get you. I'm, I'm trying to make you look as dumb as possible. I'm basically trying to mm. get you to hang yourself or to fall on a sword versus genuine exploration. I and I, and I have to say that you can't ask tough questions or be even you know brash about it. But there is a sense in which are you asking this question to learn and engage and nuance and critique? Or are you asking this because it's going to be red meat? And I think there's a very... And one of the problems with, with the Daily Wire is they tend to go for red meat versus nuance. And it's not to say that I'm giving the... Uh, will say the left side of the aisle in this a pass in fact i think a lot of what they say is genuinely horrific as a parent but it's one of those where i found the film generally very genuinely very mixed uh, in terms of both impact in terms of uh style and in terms of frankly um aesthetics i thought i think I mean, I'm just going to say, I don't think Walsh is a good narrator, or I don't, and I don't think he's a very good actor. Um, so it's one of those watching him in these situations I found, uh, just as a filmmaker, um, and it's not, I don't know him personally or anything like that, but just in terms of acting and narrating, uh, very stiff, very wooden, and very just, very unappealing as, as a kind of mouthpiece for the film. Well, the, the sense I get was that what he was going for was more, hey, I'm just a regular guy with a, you know, a very simple yet effective outlook on the world and um these high and mighty intellectual types don't know can't answer basic questions is kind of the sense that i get it's a shtick i think yes um, but exactly it, but it's one of those where i get really annoyed when i see shtick kind of used in these sorts of situations when you're yeah. asking very interesting or even just very simplistic questions you know uh, i don't know I, it's one of the i, I think it, you and i think agree Walsh was not the person who should have been carrying the water in this one. I would agree. Um, and part of his, and maybe we'll get into this later, uh, uh, retort uh, to someone who critiqued him on this was that no one else was doing it. So, um, you know, we're putting that out there. So let's let's launch into this. Um, so the, the, th- uh, the show begins with, um, I would say, a very clear picture of blue versus pink. So all the boys are playing... 
and they're in blue. It's a the, birthday party, basically. Yeah. The the little girl gets the the tiara. The boy gets the football and the yeah. BB gun. You know, just football you know, versus football players versus princesses. Blue versus pink. Um, and it said that the only emotional support that his son needs is a beep. There's also a lot about um, how do you make sense of females. So and Stephen Hawking, who was not never known for being particularly insightful when it came to human relationships, basically exhibited that lack of insight by going, "Women are basically." I'm paraphrasing. Women are a mystery, you know. And it's like, well, when you're as socially inept as, as Stephen Hawking's was, I I, I don't doubt that. Uh, but it's it's it, it sets up a very kind of rank kind of immature skewed view of of kind of of uh, opposites almost of opposites um, yeah. dualism and I you can just see it right there oh you mysterious female well which is also to foreshadow a little bit most of the major experts in the film that would side with Walsh don't actually probably buy into that stereotype which yeah. is I think I don't know if the, the the director or Walsh realized this. That's actually very devastating in terms of the actual argument they put forward, or at least the paradigm that he they doesn't put actually put um, arguments forward. Um, what Walsh does is frame everything in terms of his kind of more essentialist view, which we'll get into, mm-hmm. um, and conclude with it. He doesn't actually argue any of it himself. I think um, if I if I get the sense of what he is going for it's more of a this is obvious these people these other people are nuts and anyone with you know half a brain well he says that these people yeah. those people are idiots there and it's go. one of those where i'm like well yeah but you still have to answer the question in a way that is coherent and rational and you don't get to just point at people and go you're stupid it's like well if if we're taking these big questions seriously then big questions demand big answers not just you thumbing the nose like you know say the new atheist going i don't have to prove god exists you have to prove that he does i don't have the burden of proof you're stupid and it's just like okay well maybe we should be adult about this and have genuine conversations it's always easy to believe that everyone but yourself is an idiot and you know, you just know, you, you go through the world knowing all the answers, or at least the important ones. And... Or, or at least knowing that you don't necessarily <laughs> need to have good answers or good reasons. Yeah. It's that everyone else is so bad, you just kind of go with your own. And maybe that's a, a, a that, that's an issue I had largely throughout the film. And I think part of that's personality driven when you Kate, when you kind of structure the mm-hmm. film around someone who's who's basically has a shtick like that. But I, I think it makes for as someone who is very sympathetic to at least the the, the questions that are being asked as a parent, uh, I would have liked someone with nuance and, you know, at least a modicum of awareness of the, the, the conversation to be the one kind of spearheading this. But sadly, we, we weren't gifted that here. Yeah, well, but, you know, to quote uh, a line from there, forget about figuring out women. The real question is, what is a woman? And so let's get into some of the interactions he had on that score. Yeah, and, the, and these were j- truly eye-opening, at least at least for me. But what what were some of the key ones that uh, that were most uh, revelatory for you? Because he goes throughout the film, he, he talks to various experts, whether they're surgeons or or sociologists, and kind of all of that. But um, what are some of the what was the first big one for you that was most most maybe the most impactful? Yeah, for me, I actually um, liked that uh, he interviewed a sociologist. I think he was a sociologist. Or social worker. Professor um, of social work. I forget exactly the title. Let's see. University of Tennessee, Women, Gender, and Sexuality Studies. Dr. Patrick uh, Grizanka. Um, I think that's the name. That sounds right. Okay. So um, what he did was say uh, gender is a social form. 
Um, it's a social, not biological category. And he made a distinction between sex as a biological characteristic um, and gender, which is a social construct. And this is actually uh, similar to the way uh, Dr. Miriam Grossman um, also set things up. And she's uh, the voice that was supposed to be more in support of, um, I would say, you know, from the perspective of this uh, film, Sanity, and more in line with Walsh, which I don't actually think um, she is, but in line with Walsh, but she also made a similar... At least in terms of the the argument. Yeah, but she made a similar um, distinction between sex, biology, unchanging, you know, she mentioned chromosomes most often. Um, Gender is more about perception, feeling, experience... Um, it's a way to identify, um, it's, it's subjective. Um, so you can kind of see already there's a, um, kind of dominant view that, uh, biology and gender are not necessarily the same, um, but they are overlapping. Um, Mm. and that's different from the move that Walsh makes, which is more, um, I would say equals. So in his, and we'll get to that, uh, it seems like, uh, sex and gender are more, uh, equivalent in his view. Um, mm-hmm. So anyway, this uh, professor um, said that they're deeply intertwined, um, but it seemed a lot of what he was saying. And unfortunately, we don't know all of what he was saying because his explanations were extremely edited and it was more for a comical effect. Like, oh, he's just saying a bunch of mumbo jumbo. Yeah. In film in film terms, it's one of those where you get when you want to show the passage of time, you have fade in and outs throughout the same conversation at different points with different angles, indicating a long passage of time. You're kind of indicating boredom and annoyance, you know, you know, implying that this guy's going on for, you know, an hour long, not and blah, blah. And basically it ends with Matt going like, so what's the answer to the question? Yeah. And so basically we don't actually know um, how he portrayed or, um, exp- or um, backed up his views because it's highly edited and we don't know that. So, so it, it's a cheap shot. It's it's a it, it uses editing for propaganda. Cheap shot. It's a cheap yeah. shot. Um. So again, like, um. That aside, um. From what I could tell of his views, it seems like, um. And for a lot of these people, um. Gender becomes kind of this category that takes over everything else, hmm. and so, um. It's kind of it goes off in terms of nothing else. There's no ob- objectivity. There's no uh, stability. Um, everything kind of is just whatever someone's perception is. And Mm -hmm. so who are you to question another person's perspective? Um, He was extremely uncomfortable with the idea of getting at to the truth and found it to be deeply transphobic, which was a little bit odd. Um, But again, we've got some edited conversation. So yeah, we we don't have the full unedited, you know, maybe hour long, who knows how long this conversation was. Um, So um, it, a lot of what he said too seemed to be a kind of coming down to how dare you um, not instantly believe and accept what you're told um, right. is kind he of said the that sense to, Matt, to Walsh. Yeah, I mean that's not that's the sense that I got um, where it was a very much um, when he seemed to be getting cornered um, became very authoritarian. Yeah. Um, and again, that's not something Nick and I um, advocate for. Um, nope. No matter again who you're talking to. Um, Um, We are egalitarians, uh, so naturally we would not go for that. Um, So Matt, you know, says there's, you know, there is no my truth, but only the truth. 
And so again, what uh, Matt's trying to bring out is that there's um, an, uh, there's a world outside of yourself that mm-hmm. might contradict your beliefs about yourself. So you can believe something false about yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, that's possible. Um, and the guy grants that. Uh, eventually. Um, <laughs> I think he didn't... I, I think Matt actually got him several times. Uh, so it was interesting because Matt um, pointed out that his definition was circular. So the guy didn't want to give a definition and got very um, angry when being pressed for a definition. This is something academics love to do when you, or debate in debates, we love to go, we, we a lot of us love to just flip it around and ask the question to you to either buy time so we can think <laughs> to think of something or because we're cornered and we're in a particularly foul mood and we don't want to answer for anything. So it's a way, a lot of, a lot of yeah. those rhetorical tactics appear throughout the film and Walsh isn't the only one doing it. This guy's doing a classic case of it here. Yeah. So um, again, it took Walsh a while to get him to give a definition, but when he did, it was a woman is a person who identifies as a woman. So obviously circular. It's tautological, it's tautological isn't it? Uh, yeah. A woman so, is a woman. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Matt pointed this out. This is a circular definition. Um, the guy didn't seem to know what a circular definition was. Uh, he did, but I think he very quickly uh, just turned it on Matt and said, well, you're just looking for an essentialist definition. And unfortunately, it didn't appear that Walsh knew how to respond to that. Um, it seemed like he had no understanding of what it was. I mean, just by appearances, maybe he does. Um, or, or maybe there's a five minute long extended yeah. conversation where Walsh talks extensively about gender essentialism and why he believes that all the other, you know, beliefs and and philosophers that he's read and, you know, absorbed why he's right. But we don't get that. We basically just get a a cut to something else and the conversation just kind of moves. Yeah. And I actually, um, since we're talking about essentialism, uh, just to give you guys a little bit of understanding of what those categories are. And I think we may have actually spoken about this uh, question with Krista McCurland on a, a past podcast. Uh, so check that out. Uh, I'm not 100% sure all of what we talked about, but I believe we did talk about this a little bit. I think we brushed on it. It was on, uh, it was, she's at Cary Baptist College, I think it is, in New Zealand. Yeah, so this 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 touches on um, a paradigm where you have a, a essential versus accidental properties. Um, so an essential property is a property that um, something must have. An accidental property is um, it, an object maybe happens to have it. Um, but could potentially not have it and still be that object. Um, so that's kind of what we're dealing with. Um, with gender, a uh, gender essentialist would um, take, um, it, maybe in a sense they have, women have separate natures. So you have a female nature and a separate male nature. Um, and such that um, it couldn't be otherwise. Um, and so it gets into some dicey territory. Um, it's one thing to question whether or not an individual as an inter- it, as an individual could be um, potentially um, have certain accidental properties or not, and whether um, certain things are essential for um, in in terms of uh, being human or not. So anyway, I don't know if that makes sense, but let me just skip over to Krista's uh, work. Um, so if you guys want to check out discovering biblical equality, uh, third, by, third edition. Yes, third edition. Ron Pierce, Cynthia Westfall, and Krista McCurland. Uh, Krista has a chapter 
chapter 15 in it called Image of God and Divine Presence, a Critique of Gender Essentialism. So I'm going to read a little bit of her work, and I hope you guys will check this out. Um, gender essentialism is here understood as the belief that males and females are born with distinctively different natures, determined biologically rather than culturally. This is, involves an equation of gender and sex. In other words, men and women are essentially different on the basis of being a man or a woman. By equating gender and sex, there are male persons who are meant to act like men, masculinity, and there are female persons who are meant to act like women, femininity. This would typically be discussed in terms of sex, biological givenness, and gender cultural convention, um, and gender, uh, which is cultural convention or how to express biological givenness. Instead of recognizing that biological sex and gender expression can be separated for gender essentialism, male and female natures determine the proper mas masculine or feminine role a person is supposed to perform. Um, and um, somewhere, uh, I know Kristal has also made the point that um, Jesus represents humanity, and it's problematic if you suddenly have an essential male nature and essential female nature, because then you have um, the man, male Christ, um, died for who? Can he properly die for women if he does not actually uh, assume a female nature as well? And you get into a bizarre predicament because if you're a gender essentialist in under that scheme. Because one, one of the big things the early church wrestled with was not that Christ had a male nature, it was that he was human, had a human nature, and that was the whole issue of the incarnation and early Christological controversies. They never dreamed of him having, quote, a male nature. So even just theologically, there's a big issue there as well. And we also have our son with us right now, so. Yep, uh, Nolan has joined us. Uh, he is hopefully going to sleep. He asked for Dad Dad to cuddle with him. Mm -hmm. So special requests there. Special request, request granted. All right, so some other points Krista makes is, like dominion, being sexually differentiated is not the content of being in the image of God either. Furthermore, in contrast to the role of dominion, sexual difference may not even be understood as the consequence of being in the image, since maleness and femaleness are held in common with other non-human creatures. Oh, and then I think you guys just heard Nolan talk. I don't know if you did. <laughs> so anyway, all this to say, uh, I hope you'll check out her book and gender essentialism. It's questionable as to whether it's tenable from a biblical perspective. Um, and again, just because uh, some views might not have all the answers doesn't mean we should necessarily run to gender essentialism because there's problems there. And in this case, it doesn't seem that there's a lot of awareness of some of the difficulty, um, just because some people have seen that there's not necessarily easy answers with gender essentialism and decided to go way the other way. Right. And you, there's also an unspoken issue here, too, is uh, Walsh is very deeply Roman Catholic, which is completely fine and wonderful. See you in heaven first, Matt. But there is something to be said about um, the, the utter lack of theological awareness in the film um, that actually really bothered me because these are, and I think Carl Truman, who appears, uh, does make an allusion to, if I'm remembering correctly, uh, that th these are theological questions. They're not just philosophical questions, they're theological questions. 
And the film, you know, for better or worse, completely eschews that. It does not consider, you know, the ideals of Genesis or 1 Corinthians or, or what have you or what Jesus said. And which is odd given that the Daily Wire is predominantly evangelical Christian and Matt Walsh is very predominantly conservative Catholic. And there's, of course, a robust tradition in Roman Catholic theology about natural law and um, and so, so on and so forth. So it's just odd to me that these sorts of theological questions are kind of shunted to the side in favor of assuming certain gender paradigms, but also not doing the, the hard work of being like, you know what, here's where my tradition has led me. Here's why I think it's true and holy and righteous and good. And now let's test this in this conversation with this professor, which would have been a very interesting conversation to have. But uh, alas, we're not treated to a robust, robust conversation. We're treated to some selective editing and some absolute gaffes by a what assumed to be a very well-paid professor <laughs> yeah and i would say there there is a subtle lack of respect uh throughout the film um not to the extent uh some of the opponents are making it out to be they again seem to be conveniently finding a lot of disrespect when they can't answer basic questions uh yeah and again like yeah maybe it's true that uh, matt walsh um doesn't is looking for a gender essentialist uh answer and you don't have one um but that doesn't mean you can get away with just a circular answer after extreme being extremely pressed and then pull rank well and there's also the issue of you know suppose matt walsh was rude so what you are paid <laughs> to to you know teach i'm sure you've had professors mm -hmm. or faculty that are rude to you you just you know you suck it up and you just kind of go oh, okay and that's not an excuse or giving matt a pass um, I don't I still like I don't like the shtick. I think it's lazy. I think we're approaching from we've we've talked to a lot of rude people before. Yeah, um, yeah, that's true. This debate tends to engender, <laughs> uh, pun intended, a lot of n pretty nasty commentary. Yeah, and for us, it's like such as life. Um, yeah. But yeah, there uh, something I will on that vein. I only brought up um, potential rudeness because I actually thought it was kind of odd uh, the way they used. Uh, the Maasai tribe as a prop. Um, uh, I was very bothered by it, actually. Who, who's the Maasai tribe? Um, yeah, so there's a tribe in Africa in um, oh, Matt Walsh. Oh. When he can't get the answers he wants from the universities and yeah. from the blue-haired crazy people and the guy who's basically naked on the streets of San Francisco is like, well, I'll just go ask other people. And that's where the, the propism... If I can say that, uh, kind of pops into this, and he goes to what Allison was saying of of the tribe. Yeah, and what I found interesting here is he they have some sort of introduction for all the speakers prior. Uh, you know who they are, their name, uh, what uh, their degree is. You know what their specializations are. Um, I I think even who was let me just look back. Even this like other guy who um, wasn't even necessarily a. Um, expert per se. Yeah. Okay. So a random guy who's an owner, um, like Star Wars, Don Suker, um, says he knows he's a man because he's got a dick. Um, we know who he is, but when they get to the Maasai, uh, who are they? So for a while I was just wondering where it, who, who are these people? They, I was wondering if they were Maasai, but I didn't know cause they didn't say anything. Um, finally, it came up incidentally, so there's no introduction for the speakers. Um, we don't know who the individual men are that or women that are speaking. 
there's no introduction for them. And again, we only find out they're Maasai incidentally because one of them says it in the course of conversation. Um, so again, I find that to be very telling um, that uh, this group is being used as a prop. And I mean, I again, I question whether um, this would even be a good match for Walsh either. Um, I'm not 100% sure, but I believe the Maasai are also polygamous. Um, so I, you know, I, I'm not so sure. Um, it was interesting too, because I, again, and maybe true to that culture, uh, we heard a lot from the men and barely at all from the Maasai women, mm-hmm. barely at all. Um, yeah. so I, I thought, I found that very interesting. Um, I think the women, um, had said a woman delivers, um, in answer to what is a woman versus a man. A woman delivers, a man cannot. Um, They don't think much about it. Um, They just rely on God's plan. So again, like, okay. Um, Functionally, I I don't think they've um, discussed this much. It's not high priority in their society. Which is fine. You know, that's... And uh, the thing, moving on, so he, he can't get answers from the crazy people and most of them are pretty rude or clueless and all that sort of stuff. So then he goes to Africa, still doesn't really get as rude about the food that they give him. Um, and the hospitality. There's that. Uh, it's one of those where it's like, maybe, maybe try not to be comedic at every turn guys. That's just filmmaker. One-on-one is, you know, don't try to milk, milk comedy out of, you know, a stone, like just be smart, be wise, be, be factual about stuff. I I don't know. Just it, it came across as incredibly tone deaf and just unnecessary. One of the things I thought was really interesting, though, in talking about gender essentialism, and this might move us forward uh, into uh, one of the two. So you have Dr. Grossman and you actually have uh, everyone's favorite hated person, Jordan Peterson, popping in. Yeah. And um, the maybe 60 seconds of of appearance time that Peterson has in the film. And don't quote me on the 60 seconds. I, you know, it, it felt like a very short time. Peterson is not doesn't seem to be a gender essentialist nope and it's interesting because walsh's entire paradigm for the opening is gender essentialism pink and blue par excellence you know he sits at the head of the table all you know just all this sort of you know just kind of stuff unless it's meant to be satire but the problem is of course knowing what i know of matt's personal life that he puts out there it's not really satire it's kind of man head of the household you know homer simpson hermeneutics basically if you think about it but when he talks to Jordan Peterson, Jordan Peterson straight up says stuff that does not fit Matt's paradigm. And Matt's sitting there eating it up, which was odd. Like Peterson, and I'm paraphrasing, this is towards the end of the film, but basically says there are masculine women and feminine men. And the, these are traits, and he uses the phrase like personality or temperaments as opposed to gender, even though he's not, he doesn't hate the term. Yeah, so I, he does seem to hate the term. Um, okay. He said that gender is a vague term and okay. that um, it's, you better understand it in terms of temperament or personality gotcha okay so uh, maybe I, I misremembered um but he says all this and uh, i mean one in ten women are are like that you know uh yeah so what he says specifically um and so again let me first say um a lot of people don't realize this about jordan peterson um because he's become famous uh for i think just refusing to use uh Allowing himself to be coerced into using pronouns is yeah. kind of the, the 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 background to why he's famous amongst a, a lot of folks. Yeah, and infamous amongst a lot of folks. But too. he says um, one in ten women actually have an average temperament of a man, 
um, and there are feminine men. And it's actually not uncommon because the differences between men and women are actually not that great. Um, and so, again, I think that's an interesting uh, insight that he brought. And uh, I remember in an interview prior, um, I forget which one it was, but um, he actually thinks of himself as um, more feminine. Mm-hmm. So that's something to think about uh, just because he's always stereotyped in terms of because of his work, I guess, for men and mm-hmm. men uh, needing identity and stuff like that. And there's a lot more nuance there. And some of it goes into some of his Jungian par- uh, paradigms that he uses. Mm-hmm. Um, but all this to say, he's not really in, in like what he said. It, it's it's just it's like it's like I want to uh, promote egalitarianism. So I'm going to go interview Wayne Grudem to tell me what he thinks about complementarianism that completely undoes everything I think about egalitarianism. It's like, we're both Christians, but we don't share the view, and it shows just an utter lack of awareness on Walsh's part that what Peterson literally just said slaps his argument, just blows it out of the water. You can't hold these this paradigm anymore. And yet Walsh is just kind of sitting there nodding his head like, oh yeah, cool, uh-huh, uh-huh, you know? And it, it's just it was shocking to me to see that sort of just blissfully unaware in the sight of his hero, basically just throwing, and it contradicts the conclusion that Walsh draws at the end. (laughs) And, and, you know, basically, and do we want to just spoil the ending so we can talk about it? Yeah, it ends in the kitchen um, where he helps his wife open a jar. Um, That's not a joke we haven't heard before. Yeah. And it's true sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes you just can't get it. Sometimes I need you to open a pickle jar for me. I'm kidding. That's not that, true. That is, that not is true. never that true. That has never happened. <laughs> but he goes up to his wife and asks her, what is a woman? She says, a, a, oh gosh, I uh, I don't, a, an adult human female. Oh yeah. So she says, um, so wife says uh, that a an adult human female who needs, an op- needs help opening this a jar. Which is gender. I mean, it, it, it basically is gender essentialism. Yeah. And the problem is, Peterson doesn't affirm that. The actual experts in the room that agree with Walsh on, you know, uh, on trans issues don't agree with him. And like Grossman in the film straight up is like, you know, uh, uh, chromosomes. But then you have subjectivity in terms of what Peterson calls personality or or, or temperament. Yeah. And so it's it's just shocking to me that Walsh or his director did not recognize that the two major experts in the film that they should be siding with do not line up with what they said. And maybe a credit to them, as Allison said earlier, maybe it's a credit to them for putting it in there. Yeah, maybe they know and maybe they just don't care. Like, they don't feel like they need to argue for their perspective or answer for it in any way. Um, I What I doubt they um, get, though, either, is that they haven't actually answered their own question. So a woman is an adult human female. Okay, um, so what's a woman... Who needs help opening a jar. Comma, ad- an adult human female. What is that? Um, do you want to define that for us? Um, and it's interesting because I've asked, uh, I've actually interestingly asked, um, a variety of complementarians, uh, to define a woman before, um, Mm -hmm. because supposedly I couldn't. Um, so that's one of John Piper's famous things. I keep asking them to tell me what a woman or how we're different and they, they can't seem to answer. Yeah. More like how they're different. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I mean, I can list a bunch of, you know, different, we've, 
mentioned differences before, tendencies. I'm, I'm, um, I'm holding the results of a, one of our differences right now <laughs> as we talk. Right, Nolan? That said, um, a lot of them realize um, that they can only answer in terms of power and authority. So this hasn't been brought up explicitly in this film. Uh, Although but... we know Walsh affirms that about uh, relationships between his, you know, and he's, he would be considered a complementarian or patriarchalist, depending on what day you get him. Yeah. So, so anyway, um, all this to say, uh, I don't think there's a recognition that uh, maybe there's some circularity here um, as well, and that uh, the question is not actually answered. Um and we'll we'll leave it there and like move on to the next uh, to some of the response. We we looked at some of the responses as well. Oh, the the so I, I went and looked at some of the progressive responses, and I mean, we and we thought the uh, the University of Tennessee professor was rational. Oh it, no, it's 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 really bad, and so it's one of those. I'm not. I don't think we should touch them. I and I okay. I watched about an hour's worth of them, and it's just it, it literally. If we want to talk stereotypes, yeah, like. It's it's pure stereotype, just hysteronic, like just people losing their mind. I'm sitting there going like, yeah, it's a bad movie. It's poorly argued. It is obnoxious in some ways. Yeah. But you should be able to rationally engage this. Yeah. And many people just couldn't or wouldn't. And so I'm like, all right, this. But there was an interesting perspective offered uh, by someone who was not a uh, a person of the left that I thought was worth talking about. Uh, Jordan B. Cooper. Yep. Just and Sinner. Yep. A Lutheran theologian out of, uh, I, I want to say it's New York State. Get out of there, Jordan. You're, they're coming for you. <laughs> but uh, what what were some of the things that you thought? Um, so he watched the film, and he, and, and, uh, he is not politically, f- from what I can gather, and we're not speaking for him. This is just an impression. He is not politically that far from Walsh. Um, at least in terms of these are the questions to be asking. These are the issues. And of course, he, he views the left as just, whoa, no, bad. Oh, no, you know, kind of thing. Like he's he's not buying the leftist or Mar- neo-Marxist ideologies. He's not on board with any of that. And no, we're talking, we're speaking in extremes here. We're not. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're, yeah, we're, we're just for the sake of time. And again, this, un- unfortunately, you know, this film is dealing with extremes. So that's why we're. That's yeah. why we're here. <laughs> no, no one thought Jordan Peterson would be the nuanced, quiet, rational person in the room based on the public persona people often attribute to him. Just saying. Yeah, I mean, that that was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but <laughs> maybe we'll have to do a critique on Jordan Peterson sometime. That'll be interesting. We can get him on the show. Uh, potentially. That would be interesting. So, yeah. But yeah, so Jordan Cooper, not Jordan Peterson, Jordan Cooper did a, like a 10 minute or something like that review of the film. Basically, yep. Yeah, a good movie agreed with a bunch of it basically his critique was i wish matt walsh and i think the daily wire weren't the ones to do it which essentially if i'm honest was i mean i'm i'm very critical of the film that's essentially my yeah that's... my fundamental takeaway is i think the idea is great i think the concept's great i think these are questions that are worth exploring and debating about i'm endlessly annoyed that it was matt walsh and the daily wire doing it in the way they did it and all of that sort of stuff but yeah no, take it. Uh, but Matt Walsh exhibiting his usual uh, calmness and oh my goodness and um, you know nuance uh, responded, and he <laughs> yeah. responded to Jordan Cooper's ten-minute video response, and maybe this highlights why basically, and he proves he proves Jordan's and our point about the film very nicely. 
Yeah. So, I mean, it was interesting. Like, we saw a lot of thin-skinned people on the left. I saw a lot of thin-skinned videos responding to Walsh, and Walsh kind of... Yeah. All right. So, um, he basically saw this uh, well-thought-out... Let me just put it this way. Cooper wasn't even against his film, uh, which was very obvious. Mm -hmm. And... He thought he thought that it lets people speak for themselves, and that r- reveals that these people don't really have answers to very tough questions, and if, and, and don't really want to debate, and don't have, and the answers they do give are, are personally as a parent and as a Christian just shocking to me. He was just um, from the space where he's interacting with in the context of university culture, and ministering there. Uh, he could, didn't find it that he could easily have, hey, here's a right-wing video for you to watch from the Daily Wire. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's what he lamented about the show. Um, anyway, uh, Walsh thought, um, saw it as a logical problem that Matt Walsh movie, which Matt Walsh made, <laughs> would be better without him, Matt Walsh. So... It was, and then he likened himself to a master painter, and it was very odd um, as he spoke in the third person, mm-hmm. and um, so he took it very personally, and essentially got into this odd spiral. Um, it didn't, it wasn't clear how this was a logical problem at all, um, but I think it was um, probably very much hurt his feelings. I'm gonna put it that way. Yeah. Which, I mean, you know, if someone said, Nick, I wish you, you know, Nick, you uh, you do this podcast. I think I love what you're saying. I love this. I love that. But I, I wish it wasn't you doing it. I wish it was someone who had a PhD, who had a cuter kid. That does That's not true. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, it, I, I could see being like, you know what? I can't change anything about that. Um, oh, well, yeah. I, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I, I'd, t- I'd be a little hurt by it, but I'm not going to sit there and compare myself to a painter or... At the end of the day, I get so butthurt about it, I can I can barely function. I just can't. Well, okay. Well, that's one person's opinion. Good for them. And thanks for uh, like thanks for liking the podcast. There was also an odd long aside on rants against people with PhDs and moral theology. So that was just odd because uh, uh, Cooper never commented on education level um, or has any prejudice, yeah. uh, but. It seemed uh, Walsh was very um, insecure, perhaps, about that, mm-hmm. and uh, felt it was this kind of um, those P- those lofty PhD peoples and the rest of us, and then talked about them not being in the trenches with them. And um, he's saying this to a guy who literally works at Cornell, a bastion of fundamentalist Christianity. It's like, no, like Jordan Cooper. I don't agree with Jordan Cooper on tons of stuff. But it's in there going like, Jordan Cooper's not in the trenches. The dude is literally at Cornell serving in in ministry, like re- reading, writing, publishing, engaging with people. It's like, you know, Wal- Walsh isn't doing that. Wal- yeah. I don't know if Walsh could do that. And that's not maybe what his calling is. That's fine. But let's not, it, it's just, I don't know. It's an anti-elitist tone that kind of echoes throughout the movie. Some of it earned from, you know, people with PhDs not being able to answer basic questions in their field. Yeah. But still, it's it's one of those where maybe don't, maybe don't, throw uh, don't don't take a poo in a glass house and then throw it around the walls yeah i mean it was interesting uh i think one thing he said is well if i'm so flawed why did i make it because no one else did and it's like well um you had pe. i mean nick and i were discussing you had people um 
you could have had Jordan Peterson talk to people. I mean, imagine a 90-minute film of Jordan Peterson, whom I'm sure there's many things to critique about his, his worldview or his whatever. At least the guy knows what questions to ask and is nuanced enough to have those conversations, at least based on the stuff I've seen him do. This uh, is not, you know, this is a, a reasonable, um, down-to-earth person who can engage at the highest level without, you know, being defensive. You could have had Christina Hoff Summers. I'm sure she would have been happy to do it, in mm-hmm. my opinion. Um, she's been very, uh, she comes from a liberal feminist perspective and has been very uh, critical of uh, the new feminism mm-hmm. Uh uh, just it seems like they have people um, and that they could have easily invited others. Um, but, you know, instead they kind of wanted to frame everything in uh, blue and pink terms and not really explore the reverse perspective. Um, I mean, here here's a way to do it. Like, yes, interview these people, these other people and say, hey, you know, and just coming from a perspective of just here's what's wrong with this view. Um, they can't answer basic questions. We can, and here, here's here's our side of things, mm-hmm. clearly articulated. Because the whole point is those other people, those people, they can't articulate squat. Well, neither could you really. Yeah, just because you show people are are insane on some stuff doesn't automatically mean that you've got you're any better, yeah. or even that your view is moral or righteous. You know, shining is kind of, it's one of those, I don't think you realize that just by proving some people wrong, or that's not even proving them wrong, half the time it's letting them talk, which, I mean, kudos for getting some of these folks to just go. I was like, I can't, I can't believe this person actually gave you that, like said that, my goodness. And that was actually Jordan Cooper's favorite thing of the film was basically you gave these people time to speak and, and I'll use a, a, a phrase, a, a political commentator I listened to. It's like sunlight is the greatest disinfectant. It'll just let people speak and let the chips roll they may and it certainly maybe you know in conclusion at least for me the film um i think would have been far more um effective and uh solid as a film had it not been done by matt walsh and and i'm gonna say matt walsh i'm not even gonna say the daily wire i'm gonna say matt walsh walsh is essentially you know a hammer in search of a nail and when you search for low-hanging nails you miss everything that's above it and you don't actually advance the conversation and right. you end up you end up with prop reverse propaganda you end up with laziness and cheap shots that don't ultimately do anything except throw red meat to your followers which is a disservice to the actual nuances and and of the conversation that we need to be having these conversations we need to be learning and growing and dialoguing and this film is not an invitation to any of that. It's an invitation no. to look how stupid this person who thinks he's a wolf is. Yeah, I, I was very uncomfortable with that as well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just, I don't believe in exploiting people, you know, exploitive interviews. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Let's it's put pro- it that way. It's propism. It's, hey, look at people this person. People are not props. Yeah. 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 And that's part of, you know, that's not even egalitarian or complementarian. I have no doubt. I mean, no doubt a complementarian will watch this and be offended by it. Like, why, why, like, people, the treatment of people in the film is, you know, it's easy to kind of make your, your dude bro college friends go, yeah, you showed that person up. It's like, yeah, you did, but is that person closer to Jesus now? Because Not to get pastoral about it, is that person closer to Jesus now that you've mocked them and now they're immortalized in this film as an absolute, yeah. you know, know-nothing? What if that person, it's like, where's the actual construction here? Where's the actual, like, mercy for people that need this? I'm not, I'm not saying we, you know, don't, have it out with arguments that we don't really go after people's arguments 
But at the end of the day, it's like, do, do you want people to actually come to Jesus and have a have a good moment and a good relationship with him? Or is this or is this about winning a debate and making people look stupid? Yeah, it just seemed I think I, I think this film just showed how aimless we all are um, mm. at the end of the day. Uh, things have just gone off the rails. Um, and some of this is also, frankly, a reaction uh, to far right uh, gender essentialism. Mm hmm. And that's a reality that needs to be grappled with it as well. Um, the, you know, real, really, women have been subjected throughout history. That's, I mean, a his, historical fact. I don't think even complementarians would necessarily debate that. The, the for existence the most part. of complementarianism debunks yeah. the history. <laughs> like the the you know set the equal the fact that they're willing to use equality now as a yeah. as a word means the debate has already moved and shifted. Yeah, exactly. Like I don't and that's think good. it's very good. Yeah, and that that's right. So I don't think, um, I, I I guess just approaching with you know some compassion. Um, and yeah, again, a lot of these folks are I would say very uh, authoritarian mm -hmm. uh, that were interviewed. Yes. Um, they're maybe that's some of Nick's and I's uh, problem with <laughs> all these folks are seem very authoritarian. Well, yeah. it's one of those. Would I leave Nolan in the hands of any of the people in this film? No. Maybe Jordan Peterson, just because I think I, I think Nolan coming back with you know his accent would be very very entertaining and cute, but no, none of these people. It's one of those where I'm like the culture has become so divisive, so polarized, yeah. so, and I use this word intentionally, hateful towards another that mm. you're not there asking questions to learn and grow and nuance. You're asking questions to make the other person feel as small and inhuman as possible. And I think that's just a disservice to the necessity of this film and the fact that it even had to be made in the first place. So. Maybe it's, like I said, it's a very mixed bag for me personally. Yeah, again, especially there are some key issues to grapple with as well, and that's the suicide rate among LGBTQ plus folks. Mm -hmm. um, there, there are some real problems here. And again, this, it, none of, a lot of this was not adequately addressed either, I felt. Mm -hmm. And I may, you know, again, I guess, like we've been saying, um, there's so much polarization and, um, I would say again, propism dehumanization that it just, people can't, uh, meaningfully speak with each other anymore and, and just without the, pulling rank in some way. Well, and, and the lack honestly of, 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 and I don't, I hate the word rational. I think it's, it's a, it's, it's almost kind of its own silly term, but the lack of any ability to know what you believe why you believe and why it's good yeah you know and, and that's something i noticed you know the you know we remember the new atheist love and that we're re, we're we believe in reason and it became kind of this calling card that ultimately was used to kind of slap other people who didn't agree with them because if you're not re, if you're not with us then you're unreasonable blah <laughs> yeah. blah blah and it's one of those where i just i just wish there was a better sense of what we believed and why this is good and why, you know, for example, in creation, why you and I are different and it's wonderful. Um, but yet why the Lord gives dominion and authority to both you and me in creation to to rule over over the world and to share in that mission as priests and representatives of a holy God. But there was no kind of positive philosophical theological thing given from Walsh, who is a committed Roman Catholic, who has a very should have a very robust view of Ratzinger's theology of the body or of natural law and natural theology. 
And there's just there was a very big missed opportunity there for a positive yeah, missed opportunity for there a positive go. assessment and construction of what it means not just to be a woman, which is a vital question, but to be human as well. And I think it's one of those I, I really just wish the propaganda pol- pol- political polarization had been set aside in favor of something genuinely systematic, constructive, coherent and compassionate. And we didn't get much of any of that here. Yeah. And again, like, I don't think you have to have a PhD or, you know, a bunch of degrees to be able to necessarily um, even put on this film, per se. But again, I think we've discussed some things that were amiss. And again, at the end of the way, at the end of the day, um, just because you believe that there's objective truth in the world doesn't mean that you actually are subscribing to it or that you can actually adequately argue your point or that you have good... Um, excellent reasons to think so and again it doesn't mean that we're all hit with things that we didn't realize that we needed to back up sometimes sometimes you have to take a step back and go okay well why do I believe this Um, do I still have good reason to believe so Uh, my neighbor thinks this other thing Um, what are the merits to his point Um, what are the weaknesses that exposes into the way I'm thinking of things now is there another way to think of this that neither side is um that that's not occurring to either side at the moment and just that that lack of compassion that lack of empathy um i I think the the world would go a lot further not and i'm not talking cheap empathy i'm not talking about just you know placating people but genuine desire for the betterment of the other a lack of authoritarianism and coercion and a desire and a lack of desire for dominion and dominance over the other, but a genuine bearing the burdens of one another and being willing to be that person that's willing to help. Um, that doesn't mean affirming everything that is said or done or anything, but making a sincere attempt to understand and to be a place of, of mercy and refuge and strength for them when they need one or all three. Yep. So hoping for better things for all of us in the future.